Let's just let's just get it started. How about that? We let's got a big get it day ahead of us. We got a what? Big day ahead of us. Oh, I just said dance. <laughs> I was like, what? Is that a new phrase? Maybe we out? do. That Maybe that was we do. A new phrase you're working out. Well, welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I'm your host Eric Mulder, and I'm Alex Jones. Let him watch. Let him watch. Let him watch. You know, we the one thing we haven't resolved yet. What is your fucking clip? <laughs> you, this is still not even Wolfie T has pretty fucking badass clip, and you don't even have a clip yet. Well, it's I'm just keeping them guessing is what I'm doing. What are these episodes? People Ooh, are gonna tune who in. Are you keeping guessing? Me and Wolfie <laughs> T, Chad. There's at least like six people that listen to this show. Yeah, they are on pins and needles. Waiting for me to pick. Three of them are on the, the show. <laughs> <laughs> and only only two out of the three have reviewed the show. <laughs> we just couldn't get to it. Chad, can you go ahead and give us a review on iTunes? <laughs> oh, Lordy. Enough for the chit-chat. The chat shit. We got a big slate. We got a lot on our plate. We got Eyes Wide Shut. 1999 Yep. <laughs> so excited, aren't you? Yeah. It's, it's Kubrick. I actually, in my head, I was trying to think of the little piano score in the movie, and then I was going to mouth it. I could just do yeah. that. It was going to turn tones. out like that, so I chose otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Oh. It's a special day because we're doing another Kubrick film. Kubi. And it is a Christmas movie. A yep. bit untraditional Christmas movie. It's adults only, AO. Yep. But it's all right. a Christmas movie nonetheless. So. It's popping. Now, for today's episode, this is a movie breakdown. But again, just like the last Kubrick one we did, we're not going to go through the plot whole you know whole plot summary or synopsis all the way through because we're pretty much going scene by scene anyways and there isn't really much of a plot in the movie no <laughs> not really basically uh tom cruise and nicole kidman play man and wife she tells him about uh a fantasy infidelity of a real life person though i would say yeah of a real that's an important it's an important tidbit and so he kind of gets pissed off and just goes bumming around new york just looking for cheap thrills for about two hours 
And he essentially gets cock-blocked for two hours. <laughs> Every attempt he makes, something intervenes. And everyone in this movie Every is time. trying to fuck him at the same time. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a problem crawling him in. Man or woman, they're both trying to get him in this movie. Oh, yeah. But let's uh, give a little background. Like I said, 1999. Directed by the great Stanley Kubrick, starring Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Todd Field, and Sidney Pollack. Uh, also written by Stanley uh, Kubrick and also Frederick Raphael. And inspired by the novel by Arthur Schnitzler. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to give a little background on the novel? Sure. So, uh, the novel which is a German novel from 1926, which I'll try to butcher how it's pronounced in German, but Traumnovella. That's more Italian. Right? Novella? Or the way I, my accent was. Novella, Ella, Ella, A, A. Anyways, uh, Traumnovella, also known as Dream Story, also known as Rhapsody, a dream novel. The book deals with the thoughts and psychological transformations of Dr. Friedelin over a two-day period after his wife confesses having had sexual fantasies involving another man. Um, there's subtle differences between the book. I actually tried to check out the book from the library uh, before doing this, but apparently it's a hot commodity and it was already checked out. <laughs> no dice, huh? Uh, it came in today, so I canceled it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have enough time to read the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> the book, they say, belongs to the period of Viennese decadence after the turn of the 19th century. So, um, Viennese, of, is that Viennese, Venice? Venetian? Venetian, I would say. Yeah, Venice. It's a German novel, though, but I think it's... Vienna, of, Austria. Ah, there you go. Vienna, Vien- Austria. Viennese. Shows how worldly we are here at WTM. <laughs> to stumble into that one but yeah i mean there's a lot of similarities the only differences between the book and the movie that i could find are it's not as graphic uh the movie takes place in new york in 1999 i think it's present day uh because they don't give a year whereas the book it takes place in germany and it's around a masquerade ball not a secret society of the Illuminati, but what uh, time period? I think I read mid like early 1900s. Yep, early 1900s. Um, yeah, I believe 19 turn of the 19th century is when 20th it takes century. Uh, the note I have is 19th century. 19th century is 1800s. Right. So either the note I took is wrong, or <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. But we'll just say it's back in the day. Back in the day, early 1900s or 1800s. <laughs> Same thing. It's a long time ago. You know, look it up yourself, guys. Just turn off the episode. Why even listen? <laughs> that's, all, that's it. That's all you got on the book? That's all I got on the book. All right. Let's just get right into it. Let's sink our teeth into Nicole Kidman's bare bottom. The very first <laughs> shot of yeah. Eyes Wide Shut opens yeah. with her undressing. That She's facing away from the camera, immediately drops her dress, steps out of it. Wearing mm-hmm. just heels. She's completely naked. Yep. Shown from the backside. This is not just probably my favorite 
Kubrick intro to a film, but one of my favorite intros ever. In fact, I can't remember if it was on my list. We did top five intros. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't on my list, I probably left it off because it was only like five seconds. Yeah. Like opening shot wise. It's pretty quick. And yeah, it's a nude woman. It's But that's not really the reason. I can't really describe it because when I think of Nicole Kidman, yeah, I think she's a beautiful woman, but she doesn't get me all excited or anything like that. Yeah. It's so like, ooh, eyes wide shut. Maybe Nicole Kidman will be naked in there. I I, I want to watch it. Right. It's, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Mr. Jones. And um, do you know what the second shot of her is? On the toilet. On the toilet. <laughs> two, two kind of intimate, I would say, intimate scenes are immediately of her nude, kind of sexy, and then her essentially wiping herself on the toilet. Which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting follow up to the behind naked shot of her. Because you see her set the tone. She gets naked. And it's only like the shot is like what, four seconds maybe, five seconds Quick. tops. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes black again, eyes wide shut. Yep. And it comes back to setting up they're in New York and they're in their penthouse mm-hmm. apartment and all that. But yeah, I love that whole setup because it's like a contrast with the title eyes wide shut you're seeing this beautiful naked woman in front of you almost like it's exploitative look mm-hmm. but like, i like you use the word intimate yeah describe it i think that describes it best because it's really uh it's almost like a behind the scenes look of a marriage yep you're getting very intimate with these two you're gonna find out all of their secrets you're gonna find out how they like what their relationship is like mm-hmm and so it's kind of like, yeah, we're letting you, you're getting a, a backstage pass for their marriage. Yeah. To prove that, here you go. You want to see them naked? Here they are. <laughs> like they're, they kill all anticipation immediately for mm-hmm. her. It's like, you're not going to, there's no buildup. You're going to see her naked immediately, followed by her on the toilet immediately. <laughs> That's how I thought of it. And also the naked shot, she's alone. Or you're to believe she's alone from what you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the less sexy shot of her in the toilet is Tom Cruise is in the bathroom with her getting ready. Maybe to kind of highlight where the movie takes us. Where, you know, she doesn't feel satisfied at home with marriage and stuff. So she doesn't feel as sexy, maybe. Or getting her needs met so to speak, when he's around, whereas by herself she can kind of go off on her own fantasies or something like that. Yeah, when she's left to her own devices. Yeah. Um, Before we get into kind of the next plot in the story, two things strike me about this movie that's kind of unorthodox or maybe not what you think this movie would be like. First of all, you really notice that Tom Cruise is short as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are not hiding it one bit. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. And I think they did it on purpose mm-hmm. to kind of, I mean, he essentially gets his balls kicked in most of the movie, I would say. <laughs> not just getting rejected, but also Nicole Kidman is ruthless to him, who, for people who don't know, is his real wife in real life at the time of the movie. They were married. They had a, I think they had a daughter at the time, uh, young daughter or whatever. So it's he is degraded and kind of treated like shit for a strong portion of the movie. 
So I kind of liked that they showed how short he is the entire time. (laughs) He's not, which I guess it might actually, you almost have to do it, given it's his wife. It's his real wife. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it when the movie comes out. So how are you going to put him on fucking big soul shoes next to her in a movie and then you see those guys on the red carpet and it's like nah, that, that looks goofy like he's not that dull like i know previous films that he's been in have always done that but at the same time kubrick he didn't shy away from his casting of the other roles the other female roles because every one of them all the girls are taller than him i, re- I mean i realize yes they're wearing heels Mm-hmm. But they're not just like a half inch taller than him. Like those two models he's talking to, the guys, everyone's looking down to him when they're talking to him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is like fucking taller than him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Even Lily Sobieski might even be taller than him. Who? Who's Lily that? Sobieski. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter, the daughter prostitute of the guy from Snatch. Costume dude. <laughs> <laughs> That and the fact that, yes, this is a Christmas movie. I remember saying this to you like last year. I'm like, you know what's a Christmas movie? I think I text you. I was like, fucking Eyes Wide Shut. Yep. There's Christmas galore in there. Or at least takes place at Christmas time. Oh, they're pumping those fluorescent light bulbs mm-hmm. as much as possible. And I, I had read that, you know, he used, he wanted all natural light. So mm-hmm. anytime that they didn't have the natural light, they would push any background lighting and Christmas lights and stuff like that, they would pump it so that they could, they didn't have to rely on studio lighting mm-hmm. essentially to do it. So that was kind of cool. Which is probably why the, the first Christmas party at Sidney Pollock's house, there's just white lights on every wall covering yeah. like the entire walls. Well, it explains I mean, why everybody has fucking Christmas lights on their walls and every house the prostitute's apartment every it's like not everybody has christmas lights yeah. inside their house like in real life but it makes if they're gonna try to get natural light and use background light like nah, then it makes sense and there's literally, literally like a christmas tree in every scene yeah um i think the only setting that doesn't have a christmas tree is i think the orgy scene yeah i don't think there's a christmas tree at the mansion with the orgy i don't think there's any anything christmas like there no i think that's done on purpose right showing contrast to whatnot yeah is every place else has christmas shit everywhere yeah in fact some of them have multiple christmas trees in the same house like bill and alice's house or apartment has more than one christmas tree there's multiples some of them are like smaller oh some of them have like will be on like a like a um shelf like a shelf but like a, a dresser sure type of a dresser type of furniture mm-hmm. and they'll have like the big one and like there'll be shots like towards the end there's a shot when they're showing bill back at his office and right before it there's like a two second shot of just the christmas tree like in the lobby yeah there's nobody in the lobby they're not showing anyone yeah it just shows the christmas tree for like two seconds and then it cuts away cuts to bill inside his office yeah so it's like he doesn't just do this like oh i forgot to edit that out although he did die right after this but (laughs) (laughs) supposedly he ended in his final cut a few days before he died right so still though there's fucking christmas trees everywhere some were just in the most random places yeah there's like multiple 
especially at the uh, his patient who dies uh, that he goes over to visit. Yep. Talks to Dharma's husband Greg, <laughs> who looks a lot like him. <laughs> well, that is Greg from Dharma and Greg. Oh no, no, it looks a lot like Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Which it's a taller is and <laughs> little, right, a little bit taller, a little probably more confident. <laughs> like in that one, there's like a Christmas tree on the dresser, and then there's like another one in like the main room, and it's just like, God, how many Christmas trees do these <laughs> fucking families have? Fucking love Christmas around there, apparently. <laughs> and it also starts with, um, I mean, they're going to a Christmas party, which is Christmas enough. Yep. The daughter asks, "What is what is the first thing she says? Can I stay up?" late and watch the nutcracker yeah so she's staying up to like to watch the nutcracker i think she was they talk about wrapping presents that the movie ends with them christmas shopping right so this movie's balls to the wall christmas christmas is heavy literally balls to the wall because they have the little <laughs> back and forth he's trying to watch football and she nicole kidman is like can you wrap those christmas presents or whatever and he's like i'll do it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> I got a gangbang sesh coming up. I need to <laughs> save my energy. <laughs> so let's get to the Christmas party. They do a Christmas party uh, hosted by Sidney Pollock, whose character is uh, last name Ziegler or Ziegler. Yep. Get the what's the first name? It doesn't matter. They're the Zigglers. The Zigglers uh, hosting the party at their humble Victor. abode. The yeah, Ziegler. Victor. And obvious christmas shit everywhere it's a christmas party mm-hmm. but at the party two main storylines are going on alice is left alone while well, she went to the bar to get a drink and well actually she had to take a piss but then she would you know got a drink from the waiters Couple was drinks. gonna meet him on the dance floor that sort of thing and tom cruise gets pulled well first by two models that are talking to him and then he gets pulled upstairs to help a hooker that's ODing on what do they call it speedball heroin and coke yep and while Nicole Kidman is waiting the whole time uh, a Hungarian gentleman introduces himself and just starts hitting on her hard well he fucking pounds her drink like a dick <laughs> yeah is it oh that's mine I know and it, you fucking drink it just chug not even a sip just <laughs> chug all the champagne <laughs> Yeah. Like, fuck you. Now I got to go get another one now. This fucking old bastard. <laughs> a lot of old men hitting on young girls in the movie. <laughs> a lot of it. It's a reoccurring theme. Because this gentleman is, I, what would you put him? He's probably close to 70. He looks old. Yeah. Uh, Could have that early gray. Right? Yeah, maybe. He's Either way, though, I think he's a minimum he's, 60. Yeah. But, <clears throat> anyway. So they're obviously both being tempted. Uh, the two models are quite tempting for Tom Cruise, Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill Hartford. I yeah. love that name, Bill Hartford. And you know they came up with Hartford. Did you come across that in your notes? I did not. Or Hartford is the actual spelling, H-A-R-F-O-R-D. Okay. Kubrick wanted a guy. He didn't want to cast Harrison Ford, but he wanted somebody that had a similar personality to what he likes in Harrison Ford in movies or something like that. So he combined Harrison Ford together to get Harford. <laughs> H-A-R-F-O-R-D. That's got to be bullshit. <laughs> I saw it multiple places. 
All right, I can I can buy that. You're buying it. it it's, <laughs> it's bought. It's bought. Put it on the record. And uh, I also wrote down here, Alice, she's already showing signs of a troubled marriage. As soon as her and Tom Cruise split, she immediately grabs champagne off the waiter's tray and yep. just chugs the whole thing. Yep. By the time you see her with that Hungarian guy, that's probably like her fourth glass of champagne. She's pretty loose. You can tell. She gets loaded fast. Yeah. She's been chugging that shit. And you can well, tell she doesn't just, she doesn't really look excited to be there. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it hints at one of the biggest themes of, which I found in the movie is, you can tell they're very successful, they're very wealthy, but money isn't kind of satisfying them anymore. Money's thrown around throughout the movie constantly. It's mm-hmm. ripped at a certain point. It's given for no services. It's There's kind of different little signs of it. But she also says to the Hungarian when they're dancing, I think it's when they're dancing or just before, uh, he asks what she does. What do you do for a living? And she said she used to manage an art gallery. So she's an art curator. But right now she's out of work. So she doesn't have a job. And so she's always at home with the kid. And it probably adds to her depression, I guess you mm-hmm. could call it, her unsatisfactory life she feels like she's living. So she's pounding drinks and thinking about cheating on her husband. Yeah. Or flirting, at least. I would say f- yeah. I would say flirting in this scene because she doesn't – I don't think she ever gets close enough that she would cheat with this Hungarian dude. Yeah. She's not, I mean, looking to maybe get out per se, but you can see there's problems evident. Yeah. Um, we should also point out this is like the first big scene with a lot of different types of Christmas lights and some uh, shapes. Yep. So we maybe we just talk about the Illuminati aspect of this for touch on a little bit. Much like with The Shining, or pretty much any of Kubrick's films, there's a lot of different interpretations. Some of them are more well-regarded than others. The Illuminati is a big a big theme or a big uh, conclusion people jump to for Eyes Wide Shut. And it's, I guess, almost like a commentary on the Illuminati. There's symbols everywhere that people say this is about the Illuminati, this is the Illuminati, this, that. Um, different stars like pentagrams are featured prominently throughout the film. There's a lot of yeah. pentagram stars lit up. Which is, I mean, you can go online and look up Illuminati symbols and you'll find them all over the movie in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this specific scene, or towards the end, uh, when he's talking to the models, right before he gets taken upstairs, uh, they ask him if they want to follow them to where the rainbow ends. Don't you want to go to where the rainbow ends? To where the rainbow ends? Yeah. So where's that? Uh, let's find out. Yeah. And some big dipshit walks in and goes, uh, we need you to come check on the OD girl. <laughs> cock block number one. Got <laughs> them written down? All, all the cock blocks? <laughs> I don't. I wish I did. Because by the end of the movie, I went, yeah, well, almost the end of the movie, I go, he never gets any the, this entire time. I forgot about that. He gets like a kiss. Yeah, a couple kisses. That is it. He's so close so many times. Never cheats on her. It's all fucking just mind games, dude. Just mind games. None of it even happened. It's all a dream. The whole thing. The whole movie's a dream. <laughs> yes and no. 
Mostly no. <laughs> well, yeah, nine ninety-eight percent no. No <laughs> dreams. Daydreams, but no real dreams. But the uh, rainbow is another symbol of the Illuminati. Also, eyes wide shut. Um, probably the most popular Illuminati symbol is, like, if you look at the back of a $1 bill, they say the pyramid with the all-seeing eye on top is the Illuminati symbol. Yeah. Um, and so, eyes wide shut is also a, a turn of phrase for those types of people. Like, in the Illuminati, I guess I read that that's at least at some time was kind of a common phrase because when you say eyes wide shut, it means I'm blind to your sins or misdeeds. I'm looking the other way. We're both doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rat you out. You're not going to rat me out. Yeah. Got eyes wide shut. No. You know what we're doing. We're just not telling anybody. Right. <laughs> we're not telling anybody what we saw because our eyes were wide shut. Oh, <laughs> I should get that on a soundbite. Just play that whenever I want. No. <laughs> Just like the worst, like, that half be, joke ever. That should be your your soundbite. <laughs> soundbite. It's your host, Eric Mulder. Your eyes just wide shut. <laughs> Ugh, people go, oh, I don't want to listen anymore. Oh, that's right. That guy's the host. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and I fucking hate that movie now. He ruined it so much. <laughs> So, um, and if you listen to our Shining episode, you remember we talked a lot about a, a guy in the UK called Rob Ager, who does a lot of film analysis, uh, specifically with, he's done all of Kubrick's films. Um, he has a lot of uh, video essays, you know, where he can show you examples of what he's talking about for all those different films, as well as Eyes Wide Shut, although some of them you have to purchase, some of them are free. Um, I believe two out of the four Eyes Wide Shut are free, but they're also the short ones, like the hour-long ones or 45-minute long ones you have to pay for. So he has great analysis of it. He points out all the Illuminati symbols, connections. Um, You can also, like I said, just go look at different, you know, there's a million fucking conspiracy sites out there about the Illuminati might have some misinformation, but you read a few of them. Cross-reference, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, which symbols are which. But as we talk about the movie, you'll find that it's both subtle, the Illuminati slash secret society stuff, but then it's also very in your face <laughs> as we get to a certain point, <laughs> a.k.a. secret society of sex orgies. <laughs> <laughs> Or are they real? It might just be a fucking show. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all just its a show, man. <laughs> okay, so he gets pulled away from the two escorts. He goes upstairs. Mandy <clears throat> is the young girl's name. Is this the second nude person we see? Because she's nude. She's yes. completely naked. Yep, second one. I guess I wasn't See, keeping track. Cause... And we're not pervs. It's important to call it the nudity because it is very in your face all the way throughout the movie. And I I always think that's just the constant temptation. Like, mm. naked chicks. Because they, they even show when he's in his doctor's office, because he's a doctor, uh, him working on a female patient. 
Because every female he interacts with is pretty good looking. They're all pretty gorgeous. Almost every one of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a constant temptation. Except for the old guy that died. I said <laughs> girls. Oh, you mean the daughter? No, I'm saying the her dad died. That was a patient of Bill's. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just mean the females he interacts yeah. with. Well, Sidney Pollock isn't fucking hot. Dude. <laughs> you see him strutting you stuff around it. that you pool do. table? You do it with Sidney Pollock? <laughs> Sidney... <laughs> Sydney Ball Lick, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, fuck. It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting so many fucking tangents with this movie. (laughs) Trying to focus it. Are you saying this podcast isn't mature enough to break down Eyes Wide Shut? Sydney <laughs> Bollick. <laughs> oh, Roto. Woo, doggy. Woo, woo, woo. <clears throat> All right. So, the hooker that was ODN, her name was Mandy. Mandy? Mandy? Can you hear me? Mandy? Yeah, she turned out to be pretty much just fine. Tom Cruise just said to like shout her name a bunch of times, never wake up a little bit. She was fine. Oh, I want to call out one thing that we skipped. Uh, it's when Tom Cruise interacts with the two. Are they escorts or are they just model? No, they're models. Well, she uh, he calls the them wife models call, later. The wife calls them models. Yeah. Uh, Alice. It's the first time he brings up that he's a doctor. He met, I made a count at a certain point. I know I missed a few earlier ones. He talks about himself being a doctor, and he flashes his fucking medical license. I don't know how many times <laughs> in the fucking movie. And it's almost to say, like, hey, hey, I'm a doctor. Like, just tell me what I'm asking. It's like, you're not asking anything medical. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot have my social security number and the address of the sex orgy. <laughs> I love the guy at the costume shop. Okay, you're a doctor, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> But anyways, I had to call that out. That's the first time because they're like, oh, a doctor. That means you have to be, you're very knowledgeable. And he's like, yes, yes, we are knowledgeable. <laughs> Speaking of which, why don't I just play the clip of Bill talking to the two models? We only have three clips today, so here's the first one. Do you know what's so nice about doctors? Usually a lot less than people imagine. <laughs> they always seem so knowledgeable. Oh, they are very knowledgeable about all sorts of things. <laughs> but I bet they work too hard. Just think of all they miss. You're probably right. Now, Ladies, where exactly are we going? Exactly. (laughs) Where the rainbow ends. Where the rainbow ends. Don't you want to go where the rainbow ends? Well, now that depends where that is. Well, let's find out. Excuse me, ladies. Sorry, Dr. Harper. Sorry to interrupt. I wonder if you could come with me for a moment. 
something for Mr. Ziegler? Oh, uh, fine. To be continued? Fucking cock block. I'm telling you, that dude just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> now, I want to make it clear to the audience here, we're not trying to take sides here and say it's okay for Bill to flirt with every fucking woman in this movie. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. We're not condoning infidelity. <laughs> but we are going to laugh at it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just that, like... Nicole Kidman's a bitch the whole movie either. It's kind of like a give and take. Like, they yeah. both make mistakes. They both have temptation. They're human. And that's also something that probably comes with marriage, which I would really like to, uh, if you ever get married one of these days, like five years in, ten years in, if we're having troubles, I'm going to put it eyes wide shut and just see what happens. <laughs> just, just like, nah. <laughs> nah? What are you, you thinking think? about it or what? What do you think? <laughs> All right, uh, now apply that to our relationship, dear. Where are we at? Because <laughs> it gets to the part at the end. So can we just, like, make up and not argue anymore and just fuck? No. We watched, the, we watched this two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> that should have been the argument. And she'll go, I was on my phone the whole time because I was not into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go take out the fucking garbage. We're not having sex. <laughs> Are you drawing from personal experiences right now? You seem like you're very knowledgeable on the subject. Dude, dude. No, she probably just says, fucking take rips out for a walk. <laughs> I'm sure Flash says rips, too. I'm sure that's what she says. <laughs> rips. That was a quick one. All right, so let's move on past the party. Um, sexy time after the party back at the Harford ref re residence, you yeah. little weed, little sex, little, did a bad, bad thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Handpicked. Chris Isaac. Handpicked by Nicole Kidman. Oh, did she? Yeah. Little fun fact. A little fun fact. Uh, supposedly she was nervous about getting naked on camera in that manner. I don't know if she ever did in any other movies before this. Um, or I don't after. believe so. But she had told Stanley Kubrick that she was just nervous about doing it. So he told her, bring some music to play on set that relaxes you or loosens you up, I think is what he said. Um, and she brought that song in. So he ended up incorporating that into the final cut of the movie. You don't say. I do say. There's another shot of Alice's backside, which is similar to the intro. I'm trying to figure out if I, it was right before that scene or right after the weed and booze scene yeah i think it was before it has the same music do before. you know what shot i'm thinking of yeah it's got to be before because at the end of this scene he leaves right after the actually i talk. think it is the next day yep okay i know exactly when it is because um it shows her like undressing in like the same room as the it's like a walk-in closet type of thing mm -hmm. you see in the beginning of the, of the film and it's at the time that tom cruise is um inspecting or not inspecting but treating a patient you know works with uh, mammograms yeah because it shows him feeling up a woman's breasts yeah at the same time they show alice 
who's also naked but for the backside and it's like a similar trying to draw a little parallel between the two yeah the two shots but yeah let's get back to sexy time so after the party smoke a little weed drink some booze they get uh well they do a bad bad thing in front of the mirror yeah at which point nicole kidman is looking in the mirror probably more than she's looking at tom cruise but tom cruise never looks in the mirror i noticed his eyes never look at the mirror anything like that so it's only her so it seems like she's almost putting on a performance or something that's how i took it is that maybe she i don't know she gets into it when she starts just going off on him about the fact that he's not jealous he would never get jealous of her type thing like that and doesn't know her almost type thing but yeah the whole mirror scene i don't think he looks up once like he's into it because it's yeah we do the bad bad thing they're in front of the mirror and then it kind of fades to black as they're about to have sex and then it fades in is that that's the next morning routine right and then that night is when they're smoking weed right or is that the same night Nope, you're right. That's that's the right timeline, because the when they're smoking weed, there's there's no sex. You don't see a lead into it. It's yeah. just them laying in bed. He, mm-hmm. I think he just has like boxers on or something like that. She has like a shirt, and underwear on type thing. Yeah, I believe it's it's one of the. It's probably shortly, mm-hmm. just a few days after the party, probably. Yeah, could even be the next day. Yeah, it could be the next the night. next night. Yeah, because that's when she says, uh, "When do you want to wrap the presents?" He's trying to watch the game. Yeah. And after that is 420 in the Hartford bedroom. Yeah. The Hartford bedroom. You fucked those girls. I have a clip here. Uh, this is towards the beginning of their argument. When she's asking about who those two models were. What were they? What were you guys doing? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also asking about the uh, gentleman she was dancing with yeah. you know, like well, what did he want so yeah. let's let's take a listen is that all yeah yeah that was all just wanted to fuck my wife <laughs> that's right I guess that's understandable understandable because you are So, because I'm a beautiful woman, the only reason any man ever wants to talk to me is because he wants to fuck me? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't think it's quite that black and white, but but I think we both know what men are like. So on that basis, I should conclude that you wanted to fuck those two models. There are exceptions. What makes you an exception? What makes me an exception is that 
I happen to be in love with you. And because we're married, and because I would never lie to you or hurt you. Do you realize that what you're saying is that the only reason you wouldn't fuck those two models is out of consideration for me, not because you really wouldn't want to? It's just, relax, Alice. This pot is making you aggressive. No, it's not the pot, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I love I, that line. I love that line. I had that written down, if you didn't have a clip of it. <laughs> this pot is making you aggressive. <laughs> the way he says pot is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, to the point where I'm starting to question if Tom Cruise has <laughs> ever smoked weed in his entire life. <laughs> This, this pot is making you aggressive. <laughs> not that we have or anything like that. Might be the best line in the movie. Let's not lie. All right. So, um, so they're talking about the models and the gentleman, and if the other, if this other spouse was trying to, was either tempted or wanted to be with the other mm-hmm. person or persons, that sort of thing. She describes. The Hungarian guy, he was a friend of the Ziegler's. Yeah. So, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but at the orgy, it's kind of thought of that the guy always is staring at Tom Cruise, the Ziegler, and that, you know, both of these guys could be in the Illuminati, or at least secret society mm-hmm. within the film. I'm not talking about, like, in real life, not that like Kubrick was trying to secretly convey that these guys are in the Illuminati, just like in the story. Maybe it's not even Illuminati necessarily, but whatever secret society it is. The word Illuminati is never said in the movie. Nope. Never. They just use a lot of their symbols. Yep. And fun orgies. Because <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I've been to a couple of fun orgies at the Illuminati house. It's a good time. $5 a cup. But other than that. <laughs> $5 a cup. <laughs> Not bad. Hassle. They don't have they don't have card swipers. Killer wipe or wop. <laughs> killer, killer wipe. wipe. <laughs> it is a killer wop. Like literally. Because <laughs> they don't want any witnesses to their orgies. No. So the people partaking don't drink the wop. The but new people don't know any better. They drink the WAP. Well, they have two Boom, different batches of WAP. <laughs> you get directed to it. I think people are confused if we're actually like half telling the truth about like WAPs and, and Illuminati. the Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati WAPs are legit. Off the chain. Legit. <laughs> What's in an Illuminati WAP? <laughs> what isn't? Probably rainbow colored, right? Yeah, probably. How do you how do you do that? How do you color a liquid rainbow you know, infinity colors? Uh, Neapolitan ice cream bars. You start with those. <laughs> you get some bomb pops. And then throw some of those July 4th red, white, and blue popsicles in there. Yeah, good there measure. It <laughs> All right. So no, I'm thinking maybe. No booze. Just that stuff. That's it. It's so you just got to let it melt. So you can just drink it. frozen ice. And just ice cream. <laughs> Brain freeze takes you to another level, bro. <laughs> a fucking secret level. A Fidelio. 
Fidelio. I was just thinking of Silencio. Silencio. Um, so let's get back to let's get back on topic. Let's get back to the movie. It's not the pot. It's you. <laughs> After that, they go into uh, how Tom Cruise is kind of sure of his. Well, at least he seems like he's sure of his wife. That's what he says. I'm I'm I'm, sh- I'm certain of you. When yeah. They, when they're talking about uh, infidelities and or other people trying to, you know, hit on her, have sex with her, and vice versa. Uh, I would say he's surprisingly confident in his theory that men that want to talk to her or other women yeah they just want to fuck you he's very confident when he says it like Mm -hmm. he's just like yeah you're you're kind of making it you're simplifying it but yeah that's it it's like geez (laughs) thanks for making us look bad tom (laughs) women just don't think like that he says to her. It was another thing. I was like, Ooh, are you sure you want to say that to yeah. your intelligent wife? You know, women are looking arguing? for security and, you know, reassurance and stuff. That's kind of what he gets. I think, I can't remember if she says it or if he says it. And then the other one, whatever. And then she's like, oh, if you men only knew type thing. Which I think kind of connects to the secret society thing a little bit because it puts in his head like, Maybe I don't think I know women as much as I do. And he probably thinks he knows more than the average person because of his work. He's very knowledgeable. You know, you got to be knowledgeable to be a doctor. The two models say in the beginning. So he thinks he's so fucking smart. Well, how did Dr. Steve Brule become a doctor? (laughs) (laughs) For your health. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, then she, she flips the script. And she tells him about dreams she's had and fantasies she's had about uh, a vacation not too long ago that they took to, uh, where did they say they went? Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. And uh, she talks about, was it a Navy? Naval officer. Naval officer. And she saw. Briefly. Yeah, in the lobby. Just a glance. He glanced at her and that was it. And she goes into this big story about having a fantasy about, you know, if he wanted me, I would have been with him. Like, I'd have left you much. and the kid. And, like, she specifically says that. She's ready to everything. leave everything. So Tom Cruise is, oh, uh, shit, I don't know anything. No. He's just stewing this whole time. <laughs> Shirtless and short, just stewing. Still a little high, probably. Probably tripping balls. <laughs> I think this pot is making you aggressive. Yeah, well, this pot's making you look shorter, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's quite shocking for young Bill Harford to learn that his wife is... And to actually, that she told him just straight up about it. That she was literally thought about leaving him. And she talks about the next day... He left, the naval officer left before they did. And by the time like noon rolls around, or at least dinner that night, she knew he was gone. And she did, she did feel relieved. Yep. So relief. But I, that can be interpreted as relief, as in, I really didn't want to do that. You know, I'm glad he's gone. I didn't want that. Or relief that I don't have to make that choice or decision anymore because it's been taken off the table. Right. I took it as kind of the second 
yeah. is relieved that the temptation's no longer there type mm-hmm. thing. So it's no longer an option to sleep with him. So this conversation sets forth the next... This movie's about two and a half hours, a little over. Yeah. And it's about a half hour up until this point. And then it's just two hours of him wandering the streets looking for love. <laughs> and daydreaming yeah. about her banging the Navy officer. Because right when the dream's over, he gets a phone call about a patient of his that just died. So he goes, he leaves, he goes to be with the patient's family. Yeah. he was the doctor. and it's, At least as he says, I got to make an appearance. Yeah. But apparently the appearance is supposed to be for like eight hours. I think he... I don't know if you have the exact quote, but I think he says, I I think I have to show my face. Yeah, okay. show my face. Which is kind of appropriate wording for what the movie kind of is about. Yeah, they talk about, I mean, obviously there's a lot of masks at the orgy because everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah. But there's masks are touched upon at different aspects or different points in the film. Yeah. And not just physical masks also the masks that we wear yeah that we kind of shield ourselves from society maybe from our lover our loved ones from who you really are type yep. thing because i mean the, the one thing we kind of skipped over at the christmas party was that's the first time he sees his old college friend nick nightingale who we run into later on here but one comment he makes to nick is you know, they they were in med school together, and Nick dropped out, and then he went off, and he became a pianist, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what he says is, he goes, so you're a doctor. He's like, yeah, he's like, once a doctor, always a doctor, type thing. I remember him saying that comment. Like, that's how he identifies. And Nick Nightingale. Almost to the point where you're, not at that time, but as the movie goes on, it feels like, is he trying to convince himself he is something he isn't or you know what I mean? Like he's maybe the same person and maybe this conversation he has with Nicole Kidman all of a sudden fucking flips the script <laughs> on, <laughs> on what, what he actually is, bro, what she is, what society is just fucking deep. <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> Um, it's also uh, Nick Nightingale says, or in my case, never a doctor, never a doctor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could just be more of Bill bringing up the fact that he's a fucking doctor. Like to his wife, when, he's trying to, when she's asking about the women that come into his office, mm-hmm. do the, does he think that they have fantasies about him when they're having their little titties squeezed? Mm-hmm. As she puts it. Yep. Which is, she's pretty fucking funny in that scene. <laughs> she's pretty funny in that scene. And she's fucking just mean. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, Bill's very proud to be a doctor. Yeah. Let's move on. So, yeah, he sets out to his patient's apartment, which is like another hoity-toity, looks like a maybe like a penthouse apartment it's or like a condo. Fucking mansion is what it looks like. Yeah. From the inside. And he's greeted by the deceased uh, person's daughter. Uh, yeah, the maid answers the door, and then she goes to... So I first thought it was the wife, because she's a little older, but it, no, it's his daughter. It's his daughter, yep. And she almost immediately tries to... Well, she kisses Bill. Tells him she's in love with him. Yep, and they barely know each other, as he puts it. Yeah. And so we, uh, it's... 
the second well, like we said he pretty much everyone he comes into contact with is trying to fuck him yeah so all the women that have talked with bill so far have tried to fuck him and this is no exception yep and then uh it pretty much gets out of there pretty quickly yeah well once this doppelganger shows up let's go to we'll just go with okay so he he gets out of there pretty fast um then he's just bumming around new york he first uh as he's walking down the street a young woman approaches him and she's a street walker so before that there's one similarity that i noticed between this and the shining is Tom Cruise is walking down the street and the shot is almost identical to maybe not the distance. It's almost identical to Jack Nicholson when he's walking down uh, the hallway in the Overlook Hotel going to the Golden Room mm-hmm. and he's pissed and he like like throws his arms down mm-hmm. kind of hard. Like he doesn't clap his hands, but Cruz like claps his hands mm-hmm. and like ruffles his shoulders type thing. Yeah. And when he's... I saw it, I go, that looks just like fucking Jack Nicholson. Not as aggressive and doesn't last as long as Jack Nicholson, but for a second, it looks mm-hmm. just like him. Uh, well, they're both tracking shots. Both tracking shots, but their mannerisms like being pissed. Mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of like it's almost like an animal. I mean, we broke down The Shining where we talked about how you know they say like forget what that's in reference to like a bull or something like that in that movie or whatever or uh what's the fucking minotaur or whatever was one thing in the shining that's a minotaur minotaur. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah i thought that was kind of a interesting coincidence yeah because when he kind of freaks out when he's walking and then he 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 I think his masculinity gets called into question. That's why he throws around the doctor so much because he's walking around like he's the fucking just pissed and he's shrugging his shoulders and he's clapping his hands type thing. Then he turns the corner and about five frat bros just fucking, they call him a, and this is a quote, faggot. Multiple times. Multiple times. And they bump him into a parked car Mm -hmm. and for no reason at all. They're like, go back to San Francisco. They yell at him, and it's like, it yeah. comes out of nowhere. And I think it's because it's like, he's fucking mad, a hard-ass man. He turns, and he immediately gets demasculized again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, stay short, just stay down. <laughs> Don't put those lifts in your heels. Yeah. Just just own it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, when he's freaking out on the street, he's visualizing his wife fucking the naval officer. Yeah. Almost like he's just visualizing what she told him. And now his imagination is running wild. Yeah. So that's pissing him off. And at least he thinks gives him an excuse to go out and to start fucking. Yeah. It's almost like it opened a whole new world to him. Like, like what he thought he knew was a lie. Yeah. And so now, now I can, now I can explore my fantasies like she did, even though she never actually explored it. Right. (laughs) So he runs into young Domino. Also another connection with the masks. There's a lot of masks in this film. They're Venetian masks. Mm-hmm. Is what they're kind of categorized as. And Domino is a type of Venetian mask. Hmm. That's where Domino's coming from. Uh, but she invites him in. 
And uh, right past the Christmas tree, of course. Yep. Another Christmas tree. Um, and they're talking about details, you know, how much is it going to cost? What are they going to do? And then he gets a call from Mrs. Harford, Alice. You know, when are you coming home? And he's like, uh, you know, it's difficult to talk right now because he's trying to play it off like he's still at his patient's mm-hmm. house. We're still waiting for members of the family to show up, so it could be a while. Yeah. So he is giving himself an excuse to stay out later and actually still stay and have sex with the hooker, but he doesn't. He has, maybe he just called a sudden attack of conscience at the last minute because she called him. Mm-hmm. Domino says, was that Mrs. Harford on the phone? He's like, yeah. Do you, you need to, to leave? Yeah. Or do you have to go? Yeah, do I have to go? <laughs> After about you know, a minute of pussyfooting around, he finally does leave. But he does pay her. He does give her the money. Yeah. You talked about earlier, money's thrown around a lot in this film. Yep. And I, I think it's a big... I think that's where the secret society part comes in a lot. Where it's like, the money doesn't matter anymore. You can't you can't be satisfied with money. So he, this is one time where he gives her the money, even though she's like, you don't have to. And she hasn't done anything type whatever, but he still gives her the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few things in Domino's apartment that I noticed um, to add to kind of the mask theme, you know. There was masks in there, right? There's on the masks wall? on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the fact that she's a prostitute walking around, not advertising what she is necessarily, so you're kind of hiding who, you, what your actual intentions are until mm-hmm. you bring it up. Uh, she also had a book that was very clearly displayed on her bookshelf when he was on the phone with mrs hartford and it was almost like a textbook introducing sociology which sociology study of society and human mm-hmm. behavior type thing so i think it just called to what a lot of the movies getting at so then we go to oh i also thought when uh, alice calls him while he's at the domino's place she's uh she must have the munchies because she's eating cookies and milk. <laughs> another christmas trope What's more Christmas than cookies and milk? That's true. Having a cigarette. I didn't even think about the munchies <laughs> aspect. <laughs> yeah. She has like, you know, six, eight cookies in front of her. And she's dunking them in milk. Oh, right. <laughs> there's a lot of worse things you can have yeah. just munchies for. Her. So yeah. it's not like not like she's being bad. Yeah. But she's not out. She's doing Christmas shit again. Finding D. <laughs> so let me go to the Sonata Cafe. He finds it. Uh, Nick Nightingale had told him previously that he was playing there the next two weeks for him to check it out. Um, I noticed in the stairwell, there's some different signs in there, but there's one very prominent one in the center, and it says, all exits are final. Yeah, I saw that. What the fuck is that doing in a bar? It's obviously not something that was in the bar. Mm-hmm. It's something that Kubrick put there. Yeah. So you've talked about there isn't anything in the shot that Kubrick didn't put there specifically. Right. Yeah. Just like um, pretty much all the scenes of Bill walking around New York were not filmed in New York. <laughs> They're filmed <laughs> on a big soundstage, yep. which is kind of why it doesn't quite look like New York. No, and I had read that before that it wasn't filmed in New York. It was filmed in England, mm-hmm. somewhere in England or whatever. And I was like, that explains why it does not <laughs> feel like – it doesn't even feel like New York. Like it mm-hmm. feels like it's fake. I mean, almost, 
the streets and stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's on a studio. Like they have a, they have some establishing shots in yep. New York. Or him like leaving like, the city and stuff like that. So you see that. But like him walking the streets and stuff, it seems very just seems too very set up. Yeah. Too <laughs> set up. There's another Christmas tree in the bar. And then another one on stage. Yeah. Right by right. Nick Nightingale as he's playing his piano. And he just gets done as soon as Bill walks in. So yeah. they obviously meet and uh he tells him about another job he has. But it's uh, they keep him blindfolded. Mm-hmm. He just plays music, and they pay him a lot of money. And but one time, or the last time, the blindfold wasn't on so well. And he just talks about, I've seen some things in my life, but man, <laughs> the women, crazy. So now Bill's all he's titillated. He wants to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Nick gets a phone call. He gets uh, writes down the password to get into the party. Yeah. So Bill gets the password, and uh, you know Nick is a little reluctant, but he's kind of a pushover. Like, yeah, it's the password. This is where it's at, and uh, he needs a costume and a mask. So yeah. where does he go? He goes to Rainbow Fashions. So we got another Rainbow coming back. And the password is Fidelio. Fidelio, which is German, I believe it's German for faithful. There you go. Which. Are. which they are not and it's also an opera by beethoven mm-hmm. which i believe somebody, yep. somebody, I that written down. somebody says in there too night nightingale says it. okay yeah um but yeah rainbow fashions so we got a rainbow place that sells masks uh like i said it's the guy from snatch and <laughs> lily sobieski we talked about it earlier. It's like he used to know somebody who lived in that building, or maybe he was just bullshitting. He just picked a name on the slot and said, yeah, I'm the doctor. Yeah. But, I mean, he wouldn't have known that that guy doesn't live there anymore. So maybe he just did have a patient that used to live there. Yeah. But regardless, he talks his way in. He offers to pay $200 over the rental price because it's like 1 in the morning or midnight or it's yeah. late. It's yeah. past business hours. So they're out. He needs a black cloak and a mask. And while they're looking around, there's a little knock. And the shopkeep is like, did you hear that? Did you hear something? Goes into a back room, and his daughter's in there with two much older Asian men having some sexy times. Mm-hmm. And you can see that she's most likely underage because um, he even threatens to call the police. And he pretty much hurries up with Bill, sells him some shit, and he can... You get a sense that shit's going to hit the fan as soon as Bill leaves. Like, he's probably, well, he's going to, he says he's calling the police for those guys, and he's probably going to slap his daughter around. You see? Yeah. Lily Sobieski whispers into Tom Cruise's ear. Did you catch that? I caught, yeah, but I, I guess I didn't know what she, unless it's something that connects to the next day when he drops off the costume. Well, I'm actually about to tell you what she says. Silencio. <laughs> no, I just got to look it up quick. Cause, he uh, goes, what does the movie mean? What I did was turned on the subtitles and it displayed it. Huh. And then when I watched it back again with the volume much higher, yep. I can make out the words. She says, you should have a cloak lined with ermine. Er, ermine? 
It's E-R-M-I-N-E. -E. So if you look that up, ermine or ermine in heraldry is a fur or varied tincture consisting of white background with a pattern of black shapes representing the winter coat of the stoat, a species of weasel with white fur and black tipped tail. The linings of medieval coronation cloaks and some other garments usually reserved to uh, use by high-ranking peers and royalty were made by sewing uh, many ermine furs together to produce a luxurious white fur with patterns of hanging black-tipped tails due largely to the association of the ermine fur with the linings of coronation cloaks, crowns, and peerage caps. The heraldic tincture of ermine was usually reserved to similar applications in heraldry. The linings of crowns, chapeau, and of the royal canopy. So heraldy, if I'm probably not even saying that right, but it's a broad term encompassing the design, display, and study of amoral, um, amorial bearings. So like coat of arms, family crests, stuff like that. So you look up uh, heraldry, and it's a bunch of you know shields and whatnot, coat of arms that type of thing but yeah so she's just literally trying to suggest a particular cloak judging by the definition here they're trying to go for more of the royal aspect royalty at least upper echelon of the social structure yeah so that would def that's definitely something that I don't know much about yeah so I can't really draw too many conclusions from it, but I had to put it out there. There it is. I didn't know that. So he gets to the orgy in a taxi, no less, which is uh, the point in the story where he rips up the $100 bill, gives him half, says if he waits till the end, he'll give him the other half. Yeah. Because, you know, I might, I might only be gone 10 minutes, or maybe it's, you know, over an hour. I don't know. Yeah. So he gets in, tells them the password, they let him in, and uh, there's mysterious rituals going on. There's a lot of cloaked figures. There's probably a, there's at least a hundred people, probably a couple hundred people in this in, place. In cloaks and masks, yep. Every one of them, even like the servants have masks, they yep. have cloaks. Yep. They're just wearing tuxes. There's also a red cloak. There's a gentleman in the main hall that looks kind of like the head honcho. He has a throne. And he's wearing a red cloak. Mm -hmm. He has kind of a gold mask, right? Yep. He's kind of the head honcho, but he's doing some sort of ritual. Um, he has like the, what do you call that? The Catholics use the ashes. I can't think of it. Uh, you Catholics know what I'm talking about. They have that looks like a mace. It's like a chain and ball with the, with the ashes. I don't know what's called. I'm not Catholic. So. And, a, and a big staff. <laughs> and he just pounds into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he does that, women just seem to take off their clothes. Get naked. They're getting her done in there is what they're doing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, pretty much everyone's just getting naked, having sex. Cruz gets escorted by one girl who kind of takes a fancy to him. And there's a ratio of <laughs> the hundred cloaked figures and, like, just in that room, like eight women. So you see, as Cruz walks throughout the house, it, there's tons of people just standing around watching, too. Yeah, a lot of voyeurism. Yeah, going on. A lot of 
lot of sex going on. Yeah. <laughs> so there's gang bangs. There's straight up. There's I didn't really see too much like uh, you know gay or lesbian sex. It was pretty much all heterosexual. Yeah, I from think what I so. Saw. Uh, there was the only thing I did notice. So when I mean, there was could... three ways going on with yeah two men and a woman or two women and a man. When he goes downstairs, there's also people dancing, slow dancing, naked. And there's a man and a man, or okay. I guess a man and a cloaked figure, naked man and a cloaked figure dancing type okay. thing. That was the only thing I saw. And in the book, I had read that they don't have any of the sex in the book, that it's all the naked ballroom dancing is what the big thing is in the book. Oh really? It's probably to assume what's to occur or something, mm-hmm. but they don't. It's not as in your face as it is in the movie. Because everyone would probably assume if they saw that everyone's naked dancing, like, oh, they're about to go fuck. So. Right. <laughs> we'll not leave much it of to a conclusion audiences. to draw there. <laughs> so obviously, a lot of sex going on. Um, it's kind of a point of controversy when the film is out. Like we said, Kubrick died. I mean, there's varying accounts of when he died in the process. Most people would agree that he died after he did his final cut. Yeah. Although he was known to constantly toil over his films uh, up until release. Yeah. In fact, we even talked about The Shining. He had two minutes at the end that he wanted cut after his release. You know, the first night or two where they had those people go out and cut the last like two minutes out of the out of the uh, reels. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he maybe still would have changed a couple of things, slight things, but you know, this yeah. is the closest version we have. Right. And the version that was released theatrically was not that to, at least the studio puts it as, you know, they're trying to get an R rating to avoid NC 17. And some of the sex was just, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they created like digital, people to put in the way and obscure the view of some of the sex that was going on. Oh. Some of the more like when they're really going at it in there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, subsequent releases on like the Blu-ray that we both have, that is the uncut version. There's no digital altering of any kind. Right. At least that we know of. And then when you're watching it, there's nothing, there's nothing in the way of anything. Right. When you're watching it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen the theatrical. It's not included in my Blu-ray, which I don't give a shit because Kubrick never would have fucking stood for that. No. Like, oh, it's there's too much nudity for you, so you're gonna put just random people in the way of that in my shot. Yeah, I'm sure Kubrick <laughs> would have loved that. Yeah. People changing his shots. That would have been dumb. Or it's he, stupid they did. He wouldn't it. have let it be released. I'm right. Sure. Uh, conspiracy theorists think it's because. Um, they actually edited out a good portion of the film because he was talking too much about the Illuminati and his uh, mysterious death and the Illuminati killed Kubrick and all this. You go online, there's... I figured. Because they say a bunch of, up until his death, he didn't really... He wasn't really in poor health. No. Or, you know, reportedly. But he was also a very private guy. Yes. Very private. So... I feel like even if he was in poor health, yeah, you probably wouldn't have known it because he's not going to share that. 
and uh i mean yeah it is a little mysterious i i think it's i forget that it is called natural causes or like heart attack because it does like he didn't die of cancer he didn't die of no and so you can just look at it right there what does wikipedia say is the official <laughs> death because i tend to not really put much credence to that the conspiracy that the illuminati killed him because his own wife and family have kind of debunked that they don't believe it no i, I mean the conspiracy theorists would say well they got to say that or else they're gonna get killed too and it's not like or, he's taking a critical look at the Illuminati with this movie. Like, he's not, like, saying, here's the inner workings of the Illuminati. Well, we don't say, know. Maybe yeah, all that footage was there, and they just got cut out by Warner <laughs> Brothers at the end because they were getting pressure and we've never from the Illuminati. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't put much into it either. Yeah. Because it... it yeah, I don't know. Uh, said died in his sleep at the age of 70 after suffering a massive heart attack. So after suffering a massive heart attack. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, I mean, yes, those things can be faked, whatever, but I don't, I don't believe it. I just think I, he died I of a heart attack. He was a big guy. Yeah, towards old. the end there, he was he's got pretty big. He's carrying a lot of weight. Uh, he's also known to be a perfectionist, which I would argue most people who are perfectionists probably are a lot more stressed out, stressful, live stress more stress-filled lives mm-hmm. because they're constantly, you know, you want everything to be a certain way and this is how it is and whatever. Uh, I bet she just died of a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, he died in 99. <laughs> It consider we haven't even touched on the fact that this is holds the Guinness World Record for longest continuous shoot for any movie ever. Four hundred mm-hmm. straight days of shooting. So the fact that he just shot for four hundred days, then did a final cut post production of the movie, showed it. He's overweight and he's seventy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there's a lot to go Okay, I could see a guy having a heart attack. <laughs> It's a lot of fucking stress. Like I said, he died in 99, but if you've seen pictures of the guy, I don't think he took a shower since 1978. <laughs> no. Just everything, is, his hair is scraggly. He's got the long beard. Yeah. Just looks like he's, I don't even know how to describe it. He looks like almost a little menacing. Yeah. In pictures. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to hang out with him. I think he's going <laughs> to axe murder me in my sleep. Disheveled. Very disheveled. <laughs> Your mason jar is full of piss. <laughs> His English, English estate. Yeah. Which was, yeah, that's what's so funny about all those those later films were all filmed in England. So shiny on the soundstage. Eyes wide shut, mostly on the soundstage. Full metal jacket. All those outdoor shots in Vietnam. Was it uh, Hanoi or yeah. Wait, maybe? Yeah. That was all filmed in England. They brought palm trees in to England. Yep. Film it there. Scared of flying. <laughs> well, he also, people like to say that he became disillusioned with the Hollywood system and didn't, because he was born in New York, mm. grew up there. Brooklyn, I think they were, or Bronx, or one of those two. Yeah. 
and after Spartacus and kind of the mess that not that the film was a mess because it's I think it won did it win best picture close to it I mean it's heralded as one of the great cinematic classic Spartacus yeah but he had a lot of trouble on set because that was kind of a big studio film he didn't see eye to eye with um, Kirk Douglas who just turned a hundred this past week saw that <laughs> i actually didn't think he was still alive neither <laughs> did i because last time i saw him about 10 years ago at the uh, oscars for some special i mean he could barely talk on stage yeah and it was like everyone's just kind of clapping and smiling hundred like still know. kicking <laughs> jesus no more movies though yeah, i don't think he's not i don't think he's do, he's not having an easy go anymore i don't think no so um, yeah, I don't put too much credence into him, the conspiracy theory that the Illuminati killed him, but it is worth mentioning. This is where you talk about the most Illuminati part of the film. Yeah. So does Tom Cruise finally have sex? No. No, he didn't. No, no he doesn't, Jones. Close. Although he didn't get... Funny, so funny tidbit to add to evidence that the main guy who head nods him when he walks in is Sidney Pollack. Uh, the girl that's on his arm when they basically come that leaves, let's say Sidney Pollack's arm to come over to Tom Cruise to say, Oh, let's go somewhere private. And then the other one comes up and is like, Oh, there you are. And she takes him away quick. Mm-hmm. Sam said, that's the, that's the girl that was ODing in the beginning. Yeah. That's, um, that's a very popular theory. The girl who saves him at the orgy, you know, she she pulls a Hunger Games. Like I give myself his tribute. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people think that's Mandy. I think it's Mandy. Oh no 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 no! The, the girl, the other girl, the girl who tried to grab him the to, first time to bring him somewhere else, and then that other girl shows up. Because mm-hmm. remember, at one point, Tom Cruise is standing by himself. He's walking through with the girl that picked him, and then. Somebody comes up and grabs her and then leaves. And it's just Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see Sidney Pollock in the mask with a girl on his arm walk up in the background. That girl leaves. Sidney Pollock walks out. And then she tries to get Tom Cruise to come with her. And then before that can happen, the other girl arrives again and grabs And she goes, oh, there you are. And then takes him mm-hmm. to, like, save him type thing. The girl came up to try to take him away. Uh Sam says, that's the girl in the beginning. And I go, how can you tell? And she goes, the landing strip in her boobs. (laughs) Because in the beginning, you see her naked. So Sam Mm -hmm. goes, that's the same woman. But they all have landing strips, though. Yeah, but it was just funny because Sam was like, no, it looks just like her, like her body. It's the exact same lady. (laughs) That's the thing, because I think... I was like, I guess I didn't pay that close attention like compare yeah but it's it was just kind of funny that she caught it well, i've been trying to figure if it, it out was every time i watch it because i'm still not sure because i put a lot of thought into this <laughs> not just trying to do what sam did like you can't really compare boobs because in mandy in the beginning she's kind of laying down sure and they're they're obviously positioned different on her body they're not hanging she's not upright so they look different yeah so you can't necessarily get a sense of how you know big they are, the shape when she's kind of on her back. Yeah. Because everything is kind of going towards your body, but she does have red hair. Yeah. And the woman at the party has red hair. But both of those women you're talking about 
the one that grabs him and then the one that saves him, yeah. they both have red hair. Other True. women that have red hair. One of the models. One model's brunette. One is, yep. you think it's a blonde, but it's uh, at the very least strawberry blonde. I remember yep. it a couple of times. It's pretty red. Yep. That's red. And then also Domino's roommate, we meet at the end. She got red hair. Also yep. has red hair. Yep. So many people with red hair. Nicole Kidman has fucking red hair. Strawberry blonde. Hers is more blonde. Yep. But you could call her a redhead. Oh, sure. I wouldn't. Yep. I'd call her more blonde. Yep. That's a good point. But there's a lot of redheads. And so I, I got to assume that those women are in certain combination. And the most sense to me is that Mandy is the one who saves him because he saves her in the beginning mm-hmm. from the overdose. Yeah. So that's that's mainly why I think that she's the one who saved him. And maybe the, the one that tried to pull him away is the model from the party. Because huh? she's trying to pull him away sure. in the party anyways. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So, yeah, that's not something I can prove, but it's pretty much what I'm thinking. I can see that. Because that's the only thing. I mean, yeah, you can see their boobs. You can see their bush, whatever. But they're kind of similar. And you didn't see you didn't see the models. You didn't see the model naked in the beginning. You just no. saw Mandy. Right. So only have one to compare from. And yep. she was laying down. So yeah, all I got to go on is the red hair. <laughs> that's true. And there's a lot of landing strips at that party. A lot of red ones, too. <laughs> so it's not like you can, too. like, just... Well, it's got the landing strip. Yeah. Most of them had the landing strip. There wasn't too many shaved people there. No. At least women-wise. Not a pubic lace, I'm sure. Well, no, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's why... I, I mean, you can't prove that... The guy we're talking about with the mask, it's always looking at Tom Cruise. I just call him old pirate hat because he's wearing like a pirate looking hat. Right. Mask. Yep. So most people think pirate hat is Ziegler. And then that's Mandy maybe that gives herself up as tribute. But you don't, there's no way of knowing all any of this. There's no way to prove it. There could be something as else. Tribute. <laughs> as tribute. <laughs> um, no, there's no way. You only know Ziegler was there because of. In the end, he says he was there. Yeah. I saw you. Yeah. It's like, well, I everyone there. saw him. I was there. So you can't just say, like, well, he looked at him. It's like, well, everyone looked at him because he got caught right. by Red Cloak, and he has to go in front of everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, after the party, he basically, yeah, he gets kicked out. Uh, his life is saved by District 8 offering tribute. <laughs> 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 For another... <laughs> Uh, man, Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just so good. Um, so he gets home, comes home to Alice having a nightmare. Uh, and she describes the nightmare. They were in a deserted city. And she's were... laughing mm-hmm. when she wakes. When, when he, wakes he walks her up. in, he wakes her up, she's laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. She talks about uh, who's in a deserted city. We were all naked, and then she talks about at the end, after she's had sex with these guys, she doesn't even know how many guys she had sex with, and then Bill's there, and they're all laughing at him. And that's what she was laughing at the end of the dream. Yeah. Well, this, again, contains parallels to Bill's night at the party. One thing you realize is that as ruthless... 
as Nicole Kidman has been in the movie to him, things she said to him, her fantasy, everything before he's done anything wrong. All of hers are just dreams. Mm-hmm. You could you could say daydreams, fantasies. Whereas she's just having the dreams and then waking up and not living them out. Whereas he, to your knowledge, never has these dreams. Like he never had the fantasies of any of it. Mm-hmm. But he goes seeking to actually live them out, which was kind of an interesting parallel between the two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the whole film, he's, at least he's trying to convince his wife about how professional it is. I happen to be a doctor. Yeah. I got to see these women. It's all very professional. Yep. Sex is the last thing on my mind. He's always trying to keep up the appearance of being very professional. Yep. Which can also, you talked about the masculinity aspect of this. Yep. About his masculinity is kind of under attack, like the whole movie. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, I don't I can't remember if he's... Because it's almost like Nicole Kidman is discussing... So he, yeah, he's, he's, he's flashed his medical license at this point twice, to the waitress and to the costume shop owner, mm-hmm. in addition to mentioning he's a doctor several times before, saying, like, he's somebody... Like he's he's at this place type thing, but then he gets pushed around just about every fucking turn almost. It's almost like the roles have switched slightly yep. with her voicing her fantasies and her dreams almost in the voice of like a, a male or like what you yep. would stereotypically think a male to think like that's all they think about is sex, you know, and it turns out, well. Bill hasn't been thinking about all this stuff, at least no. as far as we know, and she has. Yep. But she hasn't acted on it. And now that she's brought it up, he's thinking about it and acting on it, although not successfully. Yep. Which there's a little relation there that kind of comes at the the last scene of the film where they talk about that very thing, but uh, we'll get to that in about an hour. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, once again, it parallels Bill's story and her her story kind of parallel each other. Yep. Um, so then he's looking for Nick, looking for old Nick Nightingale. Looks for Nick at the coffee shop. And then, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, he goes to the, so he goes to the Cafe Sonata where he was yeah. playing the night before. Sonata Cafe, yeah. And it's closed because they don't open until whatever a certain time and then he goes to the cafe or he goes to like a diner that's next door to the cafe mm-hmm. that's where he flashes his medical license to the waitress <laughs> she's like do you happen to know nick nightingale she's like yeah i almost get the impression because she's kind of coy about it like they either hooked up or they flirted together something because mm-hmm. he's like oh no i'm a doctor mm-hmm. and it's kind of like and then I think he lies, and he's like, I, you know, you know, do you know where he lives? Do you know where he's staying? And she's like, well, you can ask him yourself later tonight. And he's like, well, it is a medical reason I'm asking. And then she gives it up type thing, mm. the hotel address. Yeah. And that's also, uh, yeah, that's where he meets Alan Cumming. Yep. Alan Cumming's a nice little cameo. Yep. And it just goes to prove, man or woman, Everyone comes into contact with is trying to fuck him because Alan yep. Cumming is trying to get all over Tom Cruise's junk. He's giving him the up down while he's standing there a lot, <laughs> and um, he says things like, 
because he asks about Nick. And he's like, oh, we checked out this morning uh, mm-hmm. with two men. Talks about he walked, he had a bruise on his face. They escorted him out. Yep. That type of thing. So it's seems like a seedy situation. Yep. Um, but he goes, these guys were, these guys were big. But he goes like this. He goes like the, almost like the dick measurement sign. Yep. Yeah. Like how big is, how big is the fish you caught sign? Right. These guys are yep. big. It's like nobody says that. <laughs> if a guy is, if it's a big guy, they don't go like this. Right. They don't put their hands yep. out. Yeah. And then he says, they're not the guys to uh, fool around with. Yeah. And he goes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and he kind of giggles and like he puts his hand over his mouth like he's embarrassed because it came out wrong. Right. This is not the kind of guys you want to fool around fool with, around with, if you right. know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like just cool it. <laughs> I'm a doctor, just cool it. I just got some questions. I'm a doctor, cool it, Boris. I'm a doctor. Sorry, you haven't seen Goldeneye. Nope, one of the Bond movies. Mm, Alan Cumming nope. is he's one of the henchmen, pretty much. But he's okay. like a upper level henchman. He's the computer whiz guy. Okay, in Goldeneye. But yeah, his name's Boris. He's Russian. Anyways, so yeah, he's trying to get on his jock. Uh, tells him about the two guys that took him out. Barry Merchant sends him on his way. So then he goes back to the costume shop. And <laughs> Lily Sobieski is there again. And her dad uh, propositions Bill to try and fuck his daughter. Yeah. Because when he gets there, those two Asian men are there again. Yeah. They're coming out of like one of the back rooms. They're all dressed this time, but they're like, you know, thank you, sir. And, oh, have a good day, gentlemen. Yeah. He's like, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. They leave and <laughs> Bill's like, last night you said you're going to call the cops. And what's going Oh, we came to an understanding. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then he tries to proposition, you know, is there anything you need? Anything at all? He's like, pulls his daughter closer to him. Yeah, like, yeah. Check out my daughter. You want to fuck my daughter? And it's like Jesus. Because Bill also, when he's turning in his costume, forgot the mask. Mm-hmm. He lost the mask type thing. So that's why he's paying them. Cause he's paying this guy now for the mask. We all wear masks, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Dude, you can't always put in a solid mask reference to the most things. <laughs> that was a hard pull. And you went there with good. me. You went all the way back to 1994. That's the mask. Yeah. <laughs> you should have had sound bites on that. <laughs> Just the mask. <laughs> Related to eyes wide shut. <laughs> we all wear masks. Ben Stein talking about it. Yeah. Ben Stein. I haven't seen the mask in like 10 years. That's pretty good. Cameron Since Diaz. Watched on VHS like that her was day. hot roll. Gosh, she was good back in there. All right. Back to the story at hand. Uh, not the cheese the keys <laughs> i still say that to myself <laughs> like when anybody says something like keys i'm like <laughs> like not the cheese the keys <laughs> keys or cheese that just puts in my head put the cheese down Get the keys <laughs> so then he goes back to somerton which yep. was the mansion he gets uh car drives out um i did try and write down the license plate i think i glanced to my best of my knowledge it's bqr one two three and the one two three i'm certain and i think it's it's the b or the r that i'm unsure of 
but yeah, I couldn't couldn't determine for sure mm-hmm. if that was it because one of the letters is kind of rubbed out by the fence. You can't get a good. Or actually, maybe it was the Q. I couldn't quite tell if it was a Q or not. Okay. Because like the little dash on the lower right side of it was very faint. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna try and try and figure some out the license plate. Was like anything behind that, but right. can't confirm the license plate. Can't look for it fails yeah so he gets a second warning he leaves uh, another christmas tree <laughs> in the fucking bill's office and then this i had a question for you that scene where it shows him in his office he makes a phone call to the the dead patient greg from Darman and greg answers he's like hello yep. bill just hangs up now do you think he was trying to Get a little action from that guy's wife. Yep. The daughter. Yep. Because he seems very put off. Because. When she propositions him or kisses him. And I forget what springs it. That. Because he goes. He goes home. There's just like a normal scene. I believe. With him, Nicole Kidman and the kid. Helena. And. She's showing her math problems and their money-related math problems. If this mm-hmm. guy has this much money and this guy has this much money, whatever type thing. Uh, and then she's like, oh, you have to go back to the office tonight? And he's like, yeah, I got a late call type thing. So I think he goes in then, and I think he's calling to try to get some action from the mm-hmm. daughter. And when his doppelganger answers the phone, <laughs> he just hangs up. Yep. Because isn't it followed by him? Yep. He goes right to the hooker's yep. house. So he's trying hard now. To oh, get he's it like, in. God, I need to get laid. <laughs> Been watching well, people having these fuck day- all night. Keeps having these daydreams of the Navy officer. Yeah, I think that's what happens. He has another. Because, because since movie, she told him about that dream she had, the new second one, one. Yep. the second one, yep. he has more visions. I think that's what sets him off again. They're happening closer together. Yep. So he tries to fuck the daughter of the dead guy that doesn't work out yeah then he goes to domino's house domino's not there and he has a gift for her i couldn't it was a box i couldn't tell if it was like a pie or pastries is what i assume it's kind of looked like but i was like where did he hey where did he get that you don't see him buy it and then he's just like what's he bringing her a pie for he just gave her 150 bucks the night before for nothing i'm trying to think if they talk about food at all together i don't think they do though no food never comes up yeah, so. I don't know. And then once he, because he's going there to try and fuck Domino. Domino's not there. Yeah. Her roommate answers, another redhead. Yep. And he immediately tries fucking her. I mean, vice versa. She's kind of, she's turned up by him too, but she just seems like she's another hooker. Yep. Because um, he immediately starts feeling her up and she starts undressing. And then she's like, hmm, gotta tell you something. <laughs> So Domino's got the HIV. You should probably get checked out. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need to because they didn't do anything. But yeah. So that puts a, you know, that's another boner killer for Mr. Harford. Another money tie-in is Domino lives right next to a store called the Lotto Store. Mm. Huge. Just says Lotto Store. A lot and of the, pussy. They're, well, yeah, I guess. A lot of money, I think. Is. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Bill has been back on the warpath for trying to hook up some ladies as of late. 
And then that kind of, I think that kind of dampens his mood a little bit. The AIDS, the AIDSy news. And the guy following him. <laughs> yeah. Because there is a guy who is clearly following him. That also reminded me of The Shining. Yep. Just like him, especially when he crosses to his street right before he disappears behind the corner. Yeah. Just staring at him, standing there. Stares at him. And it's just all you hear is the clicking of his feet crossing the street. It's a pretty cool fucking scene. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. The piano score. Ding, yep. ding. Another great score. Yep. That's when he picks up the paper. That says mm-hmm. lucky to be alive on it. Yep. And then he finds out about the beauty queen. Yep. Ex-beauty queen. ODs in hotel. Yep. Name is Amanda Cullen, 30. So that's got to be Mandy. Actually, just fucking realized that connection. <laughs> Mandy and Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he goes. Uh, Ziegler says that, or he gets a message. They has to go see Ziegler. So yeah. he goes to Victor's house, and they do some small talk for about a minute or two, and then it's, boom. Uh, Bill, we need to talk <laughs> about last night. <laughs> I was there. I saw you. You know, you have no idea what kind of trouble you were in last night. He also says that Bill has the wrong idea about things. Says it's it was all fake. It was all a charade. A guy following him. He admits that he had a guy following him. Yeah. Um, because God, what does he say? It's uh or yeah. Because how do you know that because he says, I know you're at the hotel talking to Alan Cumming this morning. I know what he told you. Yeah. He's like, How do you know that? He goes, Well, I had you followed. Yeah. So that was probably the guy from before that was following him. Um also could be another just person of the secret society. Right. Because obviously Ziegler's not the head guy. No. Because he basically says it was all staged to scare him. Yes. Scare him into not telling anybody, not coming back, all that type of thing. But then he also repeats himself. Like, you don't have any idea of, like how much trouble you were in or how much danger you were in. It was just yeah. like, well... You're telling me two things here. You're telling me not to worry, and I should also worry at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, do you believe him? That's what it comes down to. Because yeah. he brings up, you know, as you see this story in the paper, you know, it's a, it's Mandy. That's the girl from the party. Yeah. He admits it. Uh, but he's like, hey, uh, door was locked from the inside. He talks about stuff in the case. Door was like, locked from the inside. The police are happy. Whatever yeah. type thing. He kind of just is like, if everybody else is happy about it, you should just be fine with it type thing. Now, the way he phrased it made me, I started to think, man, maybe it was all staged. Then, and even the way they do the shot of her, like, giving her tribute, <laughs> uh, it does feel a little more staged. Then the mo- I mean the whole movie like we said like even the the city feels staged and set up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all a dream, dude. But the way Pollock <laughs> says it, it's like, eh, maybe it wasn't staged. <laughs> maybe you guys did kill her, and you're just like, be happy with it. Police are happy with it. Get over it. And I was thinking about it too. Like, she would how did he anyways. know that the door was locked from the inside? That's not in the paper. Yeah, I remember him saying that. I was like. Well, Doors went, locked from the inside. It's like, well, <laughs> where did you find out that? Paragraph from? two <laughs> yeah. says it right there. Door locked from the inside. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it. It's like, I'm sure that wasn't in the paper. So either A, had friends at the police station that gave him insider info, or 
Yep. He knows how she was killed. Yep. And knows the stakes they go to to cover up evidence, cover the tracks, stuff like that. So that's what kind of I was like, it seems like he knows a lot about this crime scene in less than 24 hours. And it's like, it's just barely public anyways. Yep. So, yeah, that calls into questions like, mm, how does he know all this? Well, and he also immediately connect. Or, yeah, because he's, he's quick to say, yeah, that was the girl. That was the same girl. Like, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he's like, nah, she was a druggie. She would have, she would have You saw, you said it yourself. She you know? didn't, yeah. She didn't OD last night. She would OD'd again type thing. He's like using him, you know, himself against him from what he said in the beginning to Mandy when she OD'd like, you need rehab or this is just going to keep happening. Yeah. And Ziegler also talks about, he's pissed off because about Nick Nightingale, he figured yeah. out the connection. That's how Tom Cruise got to the party was through Nick. Yeah. And he's like, I, you know, I recommended that little cocksucker to these people and they're pissed. Yeah. So you can tell, like, he's trying to do some damage control. Yeah. And I think he's, he was basically in charge of keeping Bill quiet, easing his worries, because if he doesn't, they're going to have to kill him. Yeah. That's how I take it. So I'm guessing it's more likely than not that, yes, Mandy was murdered and... If you don't shut the fuck up, you're going to get murdered too, Tom Cruise. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where that's left at. I mean, it's still open to interpretation, obviously. It could all still be a charade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his misdirection is another powerful illusion as well. Yeah. You know, if they just make it seem like they're the big bad organization and they can kill you if they want, but they really don't at the same time, it's just as effective. Yeah. If it's going to stop you from talking. Yep. So then we get back to Bill gets back home and he comes into the bedroom and the mask is sitting on the pillow. Uh, key thing happens when he gets back. He turns off the Christmas tree. He does. That's the only time you see somebody turn off, I think, any lights, which are always prominent in almost every shot. Mm hmm. He walks in, the Christmas tree's on in a dark living room, and he turns off the Christmas tree, and it gets very dark. And he walks into the kitchen, and you assume he gets drunk. He cracks a beer, and the way he comes into the bedroom, it seems like maybe he had a handful of beers or something. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I always took the Christmas tree as maybe being, it's placed all over the fucking place, so maybe not, but almost like... The family tree. Think of like family trees. I don't know. I was trying to think of how it symbolically um, could be placed. I was reading something about that. Um, I can't remember if it was related to the point that some people try to make about how the orgy is just the first party done over again with everybody's showing their true faces, although everyone's behind masks at the same time. Because it's a high society party, or both of them are high society parties. Yep. Or a secret society, at least in one of them. And everyone's trying to fuck each other at the first party, and everyone's actually fucking each other at the second party. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So there's a connection there for that one, but... And it's also the conversation between Sidney Pollock... And Tom Cruise is semi-similar 
in respect to secrecy because in the beginning he tells him like now bill you know this you know this has to stay between you and i at the end he's basically saying it was all staged to scare you but you know what you saw there stays there type attitude going over the christmas aspect of this you're just you're talking about the christmas tree yep well we like you said before the christmas lights helped with the the setting or the the, the lighting for the sets um so they didn't have to lie on studio light that's one of the reason there's a lot of christmas stuff but there's also other um like i'm just reading here this is on wikipedia it talks about the christmas setting uh, one critic believed kubrick did this because of the rejuvenating symbolism of christmas Others have noted that Christmas lights allow Kubrick to employ some of his distinct methods of shooting, including using source location lighting, as he did in Barry Lyndon, which we talked about on The Shining. Uh, New York Times noted that the film gives an otherworldly radiance and personality to Christmas lights. And critic Randy Rasmussen noted that colorful Christmas lights illuminate almost every location in the film. Harper's film critic Lee Siegel believes the film's recurring motif is the Christmas tree because it symbolizes the way that um, compared with everyday reality of sex and emotion, our fantasies of gratification are, yes, pompous and solemn in the extreme. For desire is like Christmas. It always promises more than it delivers. So I can, uh, I can see that. Yep. Not that I believe it 100%, but there's definitely some good points in there. Yep. Yeah, other people in here talk about how the orgy is pretty much the only set in the film without a Christmas tree so yeah well, there you go All right. so Bill well he starts crying immediately when he sees the mask yeah Nicole wakes up or Alice I should say mm-hmm. and she sees him crying he's like I'll tell you everything and then he spills the beans tells her literally everything I think it seems like they're up all night yeah talking yeah and then they got a uh, promised the little one they'd take her Christmas shopping. Yep. Yeah, I take her out. So it ends with them Christmas shopping. And we talk about all the infidelity that maybe she's guilty of as just fantasy and dreams. And he's actually living out those fantasies somewhat. Not all the way, because he never has sex, but like they're kind of both. They're both making mistakes. They're both, they call them indiscretions. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I have a clip here of part of their conversation where it kind of relates specifically. I'll just, I'll just wait till after the clip and I'll talk about it. Maybe I think we should be grateful. grateful that we've managed to survive through all of our adventures whether they were real or only a dream are you are you Am I sure? Um, 
Only as sure as I am that the reality of one night, let alone that of a whole lifetime, can ever be the whole truth. And no dream is ever just a dream. The important thing is we're awake now and hopefully for a long time to come. See, so, yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to discuss there is when she says one night is never the whole truth. And Tom Cruise says, no dream is ever just a dream. And they're talking about each other, but also that, hey, you know, what's worse? Fantasizing and dreaming about it or trying to do it but failing? Mm. Is one worse than the other? Not right. really. They're both kind of infidelities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're almost saying they're equal. Yeah. Like and that psychological turmoil kind of of both is on the other person is just as hard i would say so it was mm-hmm. just as it was equally probably as difficult for him to listen to her fantasize as it was for her to hear him actually go out and try it yeah because i mean after he spills the beans the next morning they were talking all night and she's crying you can tell yep. she's very upset about it yeah um and basically her husband just tried to fuck like a bunch of women and failed yeah <laughs> not through any fault of his own but I mean, he failed, so it was almost like he was lucky that he never had sex with anyone. Yeah. And that's almost maybe comparative to her saying that she would have dropped everything, left it all behind, mm-hmm. to give herself to that naval officer. Yep. This probably meant the same thing to him. Yeah. I mean, and he's struggling. Like, the whole movie walking around, he's just pissed off. It isn't just the one scene where he's just, like, slapping his hand. He's like, he looks angry. Right. Walking down the streets. I mean, it, it's constant. It's not just one time where he's like thinking about it in his head. There's like 10 flashes of Nicole Kidman getting fucked by that n- naval officer. Yeah, it seems like his is more out of revenge a mm-hmm. little bit than out of trying to fulfill a fantasy of his own. He's almost like trying to force a fantasy the whole time, is what mm-hmm. it feels like. Because if we're, we're to assume that, because like he, you said, he like the hooker, he could have had sex with the hooker. She called, and he's using excuses for it. Now sometimes he's completely blocked from it, but other times he kind of has an excuse, makes up his own excuse for why like he can't continue through mm-hmm. it. But yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if we're to assume that he was always faithful before this and didn't have those thoughts, kind of like he says he does. Um, and he was so sure of her that she would never have such thoughts. Yeah. And then to hear her say that kind of turns his world upside down. He goes, okay, if this isn't true, if she's fantasizing about this stuff, maybe I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to explore my sexual fantasies mm-hmm. that he's probably just suppressed for the past however long. Yeah. And I think the fact that she says we're both awake now and hopefully they continue to be awake for a long time, that they're both... I don't know. It's 
it's really about relationships and marriage yep. and how they just interact with one another. Um, if they're upfront and honest about it, it might cause a lot of pain, but yep. I guess in the long run, that's probably the best option. Yeah. Been well, hiding and these fantasies and infidelities for, I don't know, weeks, years. Right. Well, and he, the thing where that clip goes after it ended that you had, she says for a long time to come and Tom Cruise says forever. And she goes, I don't like word that word forever. Mm -hmm. Scares me. Scares me type thing. Almost like we can't always control where our mind takes us or, you know, Mm -hmm. how we're going to act because of one event or something. So, you know, we're good now, but we can't say we'll be good forever, so to speak, because you have no idea how things will change. Yeah, it's like you can be sure of your spouse, like maybe more generally. Yeah. But not not everything. And like, say it again, one night is never the whole truth. Yeah. So, I mean, she could, you know, he could be a perfect husband. 99 out of 100 days, that one day doesn't mean he's a piece of shit. doesn't mean he's a great husband either. All right. Yep. So, hey, let's let's hear from our married listeners. Let's <laughs> You guys put this in just to you know, get your spouse in the mood or what? Yeah. <laughs> Penthouse Forum, we're taking letters. <laughs> WTM Forum. Um let's see. Yeah, I love the final she says there's one thing we have to do as soon as possible. He's like, "What's that?" She says, "Fuck." Cut credits. <laughs> uh, it's the same music from the beginning again. One tie-in from uh, that last scene to a different point in the movie is there's a toy in the background. It's a stuffed tiger in the background as I believe it's Alice, Nicole Kidman's talking, uh, that they walk by. It's like a shelf of tigers. And the scene where Tom Cruise first tries to sleep with the prostitute the prostitute's laying on the bed and the exact same stuffed tiger is just off to her right mm-hmm. and it almost symbolizes it like you could you could argue you know that's temptation that's danger almost tiger mm-hmm. dangerous animal type thing and then as she's walking they're talking about it it's almost like she's a tiger is a is a feminine animal yep. it's identified as a feminine very feminine animal true because all cats are seen as a feminine, feminine creature, even though they're male and female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, it's been just over two hours. <laughs> the long dog. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, any more thoughts you want to add? We'll keep away from the fun facts because we gave up a- enough I hit on pretty much all the fun facts I think I had as we talked. Uh, I'll say rewatching. I haven't watched I was Eyes Wide Shut probably over five years. Oh, yeah? I don't think I have. Uh, nah, maybe right when I got it on Blu-ray. So maybe within five. It's been a couple years, though. At mm-hmm. least two years since I've watched Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, having read more about what the book is about... 
and kind of background and kind of doing this. I like it a lot more. I always liked it, but I think I like it a lot more just taking a second look at it from all those different angles, I guess. It's probably the one film that I didn't do that with of Kubrick's, like over the years. Like mm-hmm. Cockroach Orange I have, Shining, uh, 2001. All those I've watched so many times where you're looking – you're trying to piece together the puzzle or, you know, what he's trying to tell you or different symbolism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This one, I don't think I ever did as much. Like I knew there was more to it and I never took the time. So, um, it's definitely up there. Solid. I would say he solid last Kubrick flick. Mm-hmm. And it's even more fascinating to me that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were married at the time and they yep. did this film. A lot of people would say that they kind of broke up their marriage when it's obviously there's other reasons why it broke yeah, up. Yeah, I don't think this one film would do but that. But I'm sure this <laughs> maybe put a strain on it for a while. For Not over sure, a year of when, you're playing a couple that is, I wouldn't say unfaithful to each other, but as close as you can get to being unfaithful without actually right. doing the deed. Yeah. And they're constantly questioning themselves and their self-worth in the film. Yeah. Because they don't feel like they're good enough for the other person. Yep. Um, and yeah, felt- they also uh, they signed a unique contract at the time. They signed like an open-ended contract mm-hmm. where they agreed to film the movie until Stanley Kubrick said it was done. Yeah. So maybe another that. reason why they filmed for 400 days. <laughs> <laughs> Kubrick's just throwing these contracts around. <laughs> well, Shiny took like a year. This yeah. one, yeah. more like there's less setup. They didn't have to, you know, spend nine days setting up a bloody elevator. Right. So for yeah. this one to take longer, they have less setup. Yeah. I'm sure that orgy scene wasn't easy to film. A lot no. of move, a lot of moving parts in that orgy scene. Where do you, where do you put Eyes Wide Shut in your genres? Oh, for genre? Yep. I saw a lot of stuff written about that online. People were bitching about arguing if it's an erotic thriller, if it's not. Okay. I'm trying I, to I put it in different genres. I The reason I ask is because this time around watching it, it felt much more like a psychological thriller to yeah, me that's than what it seems any other viewings I've had before. So I have kind of a thriller psychological thriller section of movies where I put this, but I think previously I had it over in drama maybe i think i just put it over there because mm-hmm. i think before i didn't feel it as much but i wasn't sure it's one of those that you can kind of yeah because erotic i think i mean yeah i think sex i think nudity but i also think probably uh rom-com is it a rom-com <laughs> <laughs> no i just like erotic thriller you think it's going to be more can't just say, oh, I want it to be more erotic. You want it to be a little like sexier or more passion. Like there's no passion in any lovemaking. Yeah. Like in the orgy scene, like you could, people look like they're having a good time. You can't tell because a, they're wearing a mask. Yeah. B, you can't hear them because all you hear in that scene is music, pretty much. Yep. You don't hear any of the lovemaking sounds. When Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are in front of the mirror, like you see them kissing and like touching each other but that cuts you don't see him making love mm-hmm. there isn't you know like there isn't cries of ecstasy and right yep. stuff like that it's like it's definitely not a very romantic view of sex no 
Not at all. <laughs> See, that's why I think and you could argue not that really the, an erotic thriller. The it's... last thing she says is in a more abrasive <laughs> form. Fuck. Like, that's how she says what they have to do. And it's, you know what we have to do. Like, even the as way... As soon as possible, literally. Yeah, as soon the way as they're possible. talking about stuff, it's almost like it's a have to do instead of you want to. Mm-hmm. And that's how, if you think about it, that's how Tom Cruise kind of felt the entire movie. Like, he has to do it. At a certain point, it didn't seem like he was turned on by a lot of it. It was more like he has to do it. At certain points, you feel it, but... I don't know, he basically drives himself fucking mad trying to shoot his load. <laughs> and I think that's a good spot to end to that. Uh, come shot credits. So, um, I think they'll wrap it up. Um, you yeah. should wrap it up. Save sex. Didn't see any condoms in this movie. <laughs> Very concerning. Saw a lot of HIV. Didn't see a lot of condoms. A lot of HIV, a lot of pubic hairs, which means a lot of pubic lice. I don't care how elite you are. <laughs> the shit is contagious. <laughs> keep it cool. Keep it clean. So keep with it, that. Keep it coming. Remind you to please rate review our show on iTunes. <laughs> and Stitcher. We'll take your, we'll take those reviews on Stitcher, but we prefer iTunes. But if you don't have either of those, you can listen at our website, wtmwatchthismovie.com. Every episode is on there. A little bit of analysis, uh, blog, pictures, what have you. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Please spread the word, you friggin' turds. Yeah, tell your tell your buds about us. Let them know there's a new podcast on the block, and it doesn't suck. <laughs> it's not great, but it's it doesn't suck. Somewhere in the middle, <laughs> middling podcast. Middling, but we you know we accept that. We'll take it. Badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, we'll check you later. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.